The average car loan is over $500 a month and lasts over five and a half years. In this episode, we share what we do to beat that average and how you can too. Welcome to the Wallet Win Podcast. Each week, we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. This week's episode is sponsored by the all-new WalletWin Workshop, a free workshop designed to help you build immediate financial momentum, get out of debt at warp speed, and create a step-by-step plan for a lifetime of financial wins. Sign up now at WalletWinWorkshop.com. All right, so to start off this podcast episode, I just want to share a little story uh, that was sort of embarrassing. Uh, A few years ago, a friend of ours got into our van. We drive a 2007 Dodge Town & Country. Is it Dodge? Chrysler. (laughs) Dodge Caravan, that that, that iconic mini van. The Chrysler Town & Country. It's kind of bubbly. It's roundish. You know what it looks like. That's the one we have. Anyway, so... She gets in her car and kind of looks around and looks at me and then says, I thought you guys would drive nicer cars. (laughs) And I did not know what to say. But then she kind of like uh, came back and was like, you know, but like I wasn't expecting, you know, that it'd be the leather seats and like the, uh, uh, you know, the, the DVD. I mean, we had the like. It's an old car. It's old, but it's it's, old. it was the but it nice was, one. It was a nice version <laughs> of the old one. So we redeemed ourselves, apparently, by that little boost. The upgrade, the old upgrade. <laughs> the old upgrade. Uh, but I didn't know what to say in the moment. I think I said something like, well, you know, we, we could drive nicer cars because we could. But we choose not to because we want to put our money into other things right now. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation ended. And that's ended, as far as we went. And that's as far as I went. But today... We're going farther. Ooh. We're going to actually take you guys into the why we have chosen to drive older vehicles and how we've used that to buoy ourselves financially to be able to go into other, uh, other things like investing or savings and how by doing that we've been propelled forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, when it comes down to it, used cars are the, is this, uh, that's the smart choice. And we're going to go into that. But first... Right. We'll just do a really quick Texera car history. Okay. So started off, um, we got married. Um, I've, I didn't write down what you had because I can't remember it. Um, but I had a 2000 Dodge Stratus, and that's the car I learned to drive on. It was gold colored. We called it Hot Dog. Yeah, well... Because the neighbors that we... Uh, we parked in between a yellow car and a red car. So our car looked like a hot dog. With ketchup and mustard on it. <laughs> yeah. And it served us very well. Um, it was like a year used when my dad bought it back in the day. So 2001. And then we drove it till 2015. And we sold it with like 203,000 miles on it. And it was still going strong. I bet that's still kicking out there It's today. probably still it's kicking. We really should nice never have sold it. Yeah. Oh, well. But then we got a 2004 Jeep Liberty. So kind of their, their kind of... Entrance level SUV. Uh, when we bought it, it was 11 years old, and now it's 14 years old, and we're doing great. What is it? 150 something. Yep. 
thousand miles. Yep. And it works great. Yep, it's in perfect condition. Mm-hmm. And then our other vehicle now. Then we have the 2007 Town & Country minivan. We got it in 2015 uh, because we were making a lot of road trips back and forth from Colorado to Nebraska. And it wasn't, we didn't get the van because of our kids. We got the van because, because of the dog. Because of the dog. We had one kid, <laughs> one little baby. It's like, get in the minivan. I, I always thought people thought we were probably crazy. But we have a Labrador retriever. A big dog. And, so his, and when you're on a road trip, you need to put him in a kennel. And for, Yeah, and just, like his big old dog box took up half the, the whole <laughs> trunk. So we could either bring the dog or clothes. <laughs> we wanted to do both. So we got to... A so we got the minivan. Bigger. And now yeah. we have two kids. It's starting to make more and more and it's sense. it's way easier to get the kids in and out. Yeah. Of. I love the minivan. Yeah. So so those are, so that's our, our stable of cars, right? The the 14-year-old Jeep and the 11-year-old minivan. Yep. And we love them. Right. But people do look at us. You know, they hear about what we do and we teach you about financial oh, freedom. Yeah. And then they like see our cars and they're scratching their head and they're like, gosh, shouldn't you have like brand new and sports cars. I mean, you know, whatever. They think that... Shouldn't uh, be able to connect to your phone. (laughs) Right. They think, like, um, wealth is reflected in the vehicle that you drive. And I just want to, right here, right now, that is a huge myth. And if you've read, like, The Millionaire Next Door is a book in the 90s that was published. I mean, it goes into talking about, like, the average millionaire's car is only worth about $20,000. Like... Most millionaires out there are not driving these brand new luxury vehicles. And honestly, they probably became millionaires because they didn't do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's get into talking about why we've chosen to drive older cars. Sure. I said one reason is that old cars hold their value. So a big chunk of a car's value goes down when you drive it off the lot. Um, it immediately is worth less than you just paid the guy for it. And then the first, those first three years, the first five years, it's just a, a steeper decline mm-hmm. in the depreciation of the car. I think it's like 70% of the values lost in the first five years of owning a new car. Hmm. And if you, so if you, if you c- want to get on the right side of the math equation there, you wait till the car is about five years old so you don't take the hit yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, so when it's it's already gone, it's already done a lot of its depreciation, which means there's less of it for you to experience. Mm-hmm. So in the end, right, you you buy a car, an old an oldish car, you drive it till it's an old car, and then you sell it, and the difference isn't going to be some huge thing. It's not like you bought some brand new car for thirty five thousand dollars and now are selling it for five. Right. For example, our Jeep we bought it several several years ago. It was already old. Yeah. And you know, we bought it for like maybe five thousand dollars. Well, if we wanted to go sell it today, it'd be like four thousand dollars. Like <laughs> I mean, gosh, we just had not a lot of there was not a lot of depreciation mm-hmm. for the miles and the wear and tear we've put on that thing. Yeah. Uh, another reason. So sex so first they old cars hold their value. Secondly, old cars last longer than you think. Right. A lot of people see that hundred thousand mile mark and they break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> or they have a panic attack because somewhere in their head they've got over 100,000 means like the car's going to simultaneously combust or there's these massive crazy repairs that are going to happen. The and seat belts are just going to disintegrate. Right. And the truth nope. of the matter is as long as the, the, the owner 
was maintaining the car and then you're planning to maintenance the car well, the car will have some repairs because automobiles, they wear and tear, they break down. Mm -hmm. But some disastrous, ginormous repair probably can be curbed by just maintaining the car well. Yeah, it's just a fact of life that parts of cars wear out because they're just regular pieces of stuff, of rubber that gets old and dry or gears that'll wear down, whatever it is. Right. Every car is going to need some repairs. And Um, when you pay a lot less for an older car or a new-to-you car uh, that happens to be used, you don't have a monthly payment. So mm -hmm. now if there was something that came up that was like a $600 repair, it's not a big deal because you didn't have a car payment. Yeah, You've been saving and you're fine. Yeah, you got plenty of room every month. Instead of sending it off for a car loan or a car lease, you can put part of that into your car repair fund for whenever something comes up. Right. Yes. And then, um, so they hold their value. They last longer than you think. And we we just kind of got into it. They don't, or at least they shouldn't, have a car payment. So, I mean, they're going to cost a lot less, so you shouldn't need to take out a loan or anything like that. Um, And then, then, so because you have no car payment, you have that money going to whatever you want it to do. And, mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is, it's it's silly. It's kind of a foolish thing to take a loan out, right? Your loan amount over time, right? Because the interest, it kind of gets more and more and higher and higher. The value of the car in that time goes lower and lower. So you're paying more for something that's going down in value. So it's getting right, expe- exactly. more expensive every, every day you day drive it. Every day that you own it, yes. So many people that end up taking out loans on brand new cars, in very short order, they are upside down massively with that car and then they feel really stuck and it's because yeah they were paying interest on this thing barely making a scratch at you know their car with the car payments Mm because so much of that was interest their payment and then the thing just dropped and tanked in value it's just not a fun situation to be in we see it was some of the people we work with you know they're trying to get out of debt and a big chunk of their debt is a car loan and even if they were to sell the car They'd still have more to pay on the loan. They'd have to get a loan to sell the car. They need to get a loan to get out of the <laughs> loan. Because they couldn't sell it for it's what they... It's a rough situation. They could not sell it for what they'd paid for it, mm-hmm. which is just a super frustrating And this is all just talking about card loans. Right. This isn't even touching card leases, where you just give them money and then have nothing to show for it at the end. Right. Yeah, I mean... That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. We get in... Yeah, we... We talk about it in a, in a, in more in depth inside our Wallet One course, but mm-hmm. leasing a car is the most expensive way to own a car. Yes. Taking out a loan on a new car is the second most expensive way to own a car. Taking out a loan on a used car is the next most expensive and the most economical. You know, no matter how many times you argue it, way to drive and own a car is to pay cash for a used vehicle. Yep. Every time. And one of my favorite reasons for driving an older car is that I don't have to worry about it so much. <laughs> because, you yeah. know, and I'm the guy, this is the guy who, that Dodge Stratus, coming out of the parking space that he parked in every day at work for years, mm-hmm. forgot there was that there's a, a huge pillar holding up the building in the parking garage right next to the spot that I park in every day and... Oh. The door was dented, dented that in. door. For like a... Two weeks, he had to get out of the car through the passenger door. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was an easy fix in the end, and it got fixed, and you couldn't even tell. you weren't freaking out. 
No, because it wasn't like, this brand new, um, you know, like $35,000 car that I that I owe, you know, I still owe tons on that. Oh, now it's busted. Right. Oh, my God. It's, well, yeah, it's my old car. I guess it has another dent in it. Yeah. Whatever. Somebody scratched it. Whatever. Kids spilled something. Oh, well. Yep. I mean, there's that aspect of it that's nice. Now, Not that we trash all our stuff <laughs> or that you should no. either. But life happens. That's mm-hmm. that's what happens to things when there's just normal living and wear and tear. Yeah. Now, this is not to say that someday I, we might not choose to drive newer vehicles. Yeah, maybe we'll get something that's only six years old. <laughs> or whatever. General rule of thumb, we don't recommend people buying new cars, even if they have the cash to pay for it, until they have about a million dollar net worth. And so paying cash for a new a new vehicle, brand new, right, you know, right off the lot, is not even gonna be a conversation we have until we're well past the million dollar net worth mark. So it's just not gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah. I think I don't know if it was a book or a TV show or something, but this guy, he got like a brand new car. And like the first thing he did was like go scratch it with like his key or something. What? Because he's like, now I don't have to worry about is it gonna get <laughs> when scratched? When's scratch it gonna happen? Gonna I don't be. have to freak out and be paranoid <laughs> and have anxiety about the state of my car because it's already not perfect. Right. And that's built in when you get an old one. That's <laughs> true. Like the Jeep that we that we drive, uh, it's the, in, the it 2004 mean, yeah. Jeep. While we were gone, there was a giant hailstorm in Nebraska yep. while we were on vacation last month, and. The the skies opened up and golf ball sized hail came down on the thing. Gosh, it's probably it some... it's got about fifty dings and marks yeah. all over it. But it doesn't look that bad. And you know, we it didn't bug me because again, this is my older car, right? Yeah. It's starting there's a certain time when the vehicle's getting old enough where you kinda hope something like that happens to it. So that you get an insurance check, you know, to cover the hail. And then you go sell the car later because at this point hail isn't gonna bring the value yeah, down. Yeah, the much value anymore. of that car did not really go down at all. No, so with that. all the more reason uh to mm-hmm. just drive cars until, you know, they're no longer getting you from point A to point B. And I think that's your oh, what a segue! That's exactly it. Old cars, all cars are forgetting from point A to point B. Right. That's every car. That's what you want it to do. Old cars do it just as well. They do. I've, I haven't gotten in someone's like newer car or when we're renting a car. Go, wow, this got me even closer to the store than I wanted to. It's the same car in the same right. parking lot. It goes the same place. But I think a lot of marketing today. Is I wanted kind to of, say. Go ahead. You say your thing. My thing might come after your thing. All right. I was going to say a lot of marketing today. It's it's brilliant. They've made people kind of figure like your car is supposed to now define your identity. And I hmm. think that people now they're buying more into that than they are the actual car. If that makes sense. Like they want the lifestyle associated with this car. And they're willing to pay through the nose, to pay out, you know, endless payments month after month, or to pay interest to look like they have a certain lifestyle. But at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. Your money should be working for you, not this car dealer or that that brand. And you investing in you over the long haul is going to pay dividends. And you know what? In short order, you could buy whatever car you want. So just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. I think one reason 
uh, you know, maybe wanting a newer car. Oh, it has like it's cooler, has more fun stuff, or you connect the phone to it. Um, you know, it just has nicer features, right? Mm-hmm. The cam, the backup camera, or yeah, there are lets nice you know things. and things are going on. But the thing is, right? You're like, oh, if I was driving an old car, like, oh, gosh, would I have to buy tapes or, like, well, two things. One, the radio, like, I changed out the radio in the Jeep. So now it can connect to a phone. Right. And that's a speakerphone. It's really cool. That was, and fun that I got to tinker around. Yeah. But secondly, um, once you, like, once you're on this, like, driving older cars thing, even, like, a 10-year-old car is a sweet upgrade. <laughs> like, we went, like, even, it was crazy. This is like we four that, years yeah. from a 2000 to that 2004 Jeep. It was awesome. It felt and, so yeah. new. And then from the, <laughs> the 2004 Jeep that didn't even have cruise control all the way to the 2007 Chrysler. Woo! That had leather seats, leather seats, heated power seats, six seats. CD changer, DVD. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we may has. I mean, that was it. Woo! We had arrived, folks. So yeah. <laughs> it's all about your mindset and your perspective of it. Really, is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And so, not only did we enjoy the cars that we chose, but I think what I enjoyed most and why we continue to drive older vehicles is. We don't have to shell out money in monthly payments. We get to, you know, invest for our kids' college, invest for our retirement, um, save for different things that are valuable to our family and our future, give in the way that we want to give to causes that are near and dear to our heart. No car payment in the world is worth taking those things away. Woo! Well, Get it, girl. Amen! Hallelujah! Praise! <laughs> All right, but I think uh, that about sums up the conversation here on mm-hmm. this. Uh, WalletWin.com slash eight is where we're going to have the show, na- show notes show notes for this episode. <laughs> and don't forget to save your seat in our brand new WalletWin workshop. It's 100% free and will get you on your way to a brighter financial future. Save your seat now at WalletWinWorkshop.com. Okay. And wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could subscribe, go ahead and leave a review. We'd love to hear what you thought about the show. Yep. Your reviews, especially in Apple Podcasts, help other people find our show. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.